Welcome to Supply Circles, stories from the innovators, disruptors, and improvers in supply chain management today, brought to you by AI Group. Yes, hello, I'm James Scotland, the General Manager of Supply Chains at the Australian Industry Group. And in this podcast, I search on your behalf for the answers to how can we in Australia create supply chains that are resilient and sustainable at a time when everything around us is changing, when we're implementing the challenges of digitalization, decarbonization, ongoing disruptions. It's a challenging time in business and supply chains is a fundamental part of it. So let's find out about it. Talking about supply chains, today I want to talk about one of the key parts of a supply chain, and that is being a supplier. My guest is Tracy Lovelace from Defence Seals and Spares, a small Sydney-based business that is currently successfully supplying to Defence. I'm keen to hear the stories of the business and learn how to be a successful supplier in the very, very demanding supply chain of Defence industry. And I'm also keen to know of one of the drivers of the company's success, which is actually Tracy herself. Supplying to Defence is a tough road. It requires a high level of quality standards, a high level of reliability and consistency, and it requires excellent relationship management. It's accurate to say Defence Seals and Spares are good at it because they've been doing it well for many years. As a unique business, as a specialist in the supply, packaging, and certification, of defence quality seals and spares. And their customers say things like, defence seals and spares is a trusted supplier to us and it's always our first point of call. And thank you for getting us out of a tight spot. All good things that we want to hear in our business. Tracy is one of the directors of the business and a supply chain professional. She is a highly experienced and professional procurement manager who has managed many defence supply contracts during her career. She's skilled logistics and contractual manager. Well, I can't believe this. It says 30 years experience. Hmm. And with a passion for customer experience, process improvement, and quality insurance. So I'm excited to have her on the show. This is going to be a good chat. Let's find out about small business. Hello, Tracy. Hi, James. Thank you for the glowing introduction. I like to give glowing introductions. It just builds it up to a really high level and then we can bring it down from uh, <laughs> Thank from you. There. Start at the top. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, over, we'll do the opposite of supply and, uh, and we'll uh, over-promise and under-deliver. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get yep. past that then. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think it's a fair introduction and uh, it's good to have you on the on the show. Tell me about about you, I mean, you're you're a DY girl, I think, is that right, or a Northern Beaches girl that's ended up in defence industry. How did that? What's the story there? Uh, a small correction. I didn't grow up on the Northern Beaches. I'm a Hornsby girl. Moved down here about thirty uh, years ago. For those who don't know Sydney, that's that's a distinction, but um, not much of one. No, no. A, a Northern Sydney girl, then, all right. Only a half but, an hour between it, but still. Um. I, it's an interesting industry. I haven't had a, 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 um, a varied career path to get here. Um, I've always wanted to tweak things and change them and make them the best they can be. And I guess I can credit my parents for my good work ethic and my dad for my absolute need to quantify and justify absolutely everything, um, which fits very nicely with the defence industry because. I like the detail. 
Um, I worked in change management for about 10 years when my kids were small. So I worked from home. Didn't really see anybody I worked with for years on end, but um, he taught me a lot about business and a lot of different ways of thinking that weren't obvious. So um, then I worked with a company that did some defence work, which is where I started to learn what I do now. Uh, different ways of thinking is such a such a good skill, um, and yet for many years we were sort of taught to say we do repeatable practices, repeatable processes and get them right. Just keep doing it the same way and just get better and better and better at it. So you were quite lucky to be involved with someone who was, um, in today's term, innovative, making you think differently. He was very much so. He used to work for a company called Proudfoot, um, which is a very large consulting firm, a um, multinational. And the things that he would have, without knowing it, teach me, he would employ an electrician to work at Argyle Diamond Mines to give the independent third eye of the operations so that the electrician would have no preconceived ideas of how things should be. They literally went in there independently. So it's that sort of thinking that I watched and learned for years without recognising the importance of it, I guess, until I started my own business. And then it just was part of your DNA, just the way in which you did business. Absolutely. And, you know, with the way that I've been brought up, um, questioning and justifying and quantifying everything, um, it just was a natural fit. It's such a great start to life, though, isn't it? I, uh, I've, I've spoken about my uh, my parents on this podcast before, and, and my mother used to just say, question everything. Yeah. You know, just... Don't just accept the, the status quo. In in, <laughs> She was actually kind of a what was called in those days a women's liver when it wasn't expected. She was had had three three daughters and one son and she told all four of them just to just question everything. Yeah. Uh, and to uh and these days as expected, it's required. So it's a good skill to bring to the business. What other skills do you bring, do you think? Uh, have you had some formal training or did you just pick things up along the way? Um I haven't had any formal training. I don't have any letters after my name. I've been fond of saying I'm just a mum who likes to be organised. <laughs> and that's what I it's think. about. You have to be organised. You have to be across everything. You have to like detail and paperwork and making sure everything is ticked and checked and have processes involved. And, you know, in hindsight, that's how I've run family life. So my poor kids and husband, but anyway, <laughs> very organised. I, I actually agree with you. Years ago, I was a corporate trainer, and I was given a contract to teach to to help um, nurses in aged care become managers. So they were oh. they were nurses and, and and what used to be called you know sisters nursing unit managers, but then they had to become managers. Uh, and so I, you know the first time I did, it, I got a whole like, forty or fifty of them in a room, and said he who he knows how to manage, and they. No one put their hand up. And mm. I said, who he's, who he's got kids? And they all put their hand up. And then I said, who managed to get their kids out of bed? Exactly. <laughs> uh, dressed in the car, delivered on time. And they all put their hands on and said, there you go. Yep. You're all managers. In fact, you've got the best, the best managerial training you could possibly get. Yeah, it's just juggling all the time. Uh, you'll find the kids uh, sort of push back a bit harder than staff do. <laughs> I think you might be right there. They have that familiarity that is uh, inherent. <laughs> Tell me about the business. So uh, it's called Defence 
seals and spares. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess DSS for short because everything's an acronym. Uh, tell me about it. How does it work? So um, we started off as defence seals, and we bid on um, a contract with ASC in 2015, which we won. Australian Submarine Corporation. That's right. Um, so supplying seals and gaskets to the subs. Um, and then as I chased down more business um, and learnt more, it just organically grew into the supply of spares. So the business name didn't quite scream that we did anything other than seals, so we added the uh, end spares part to it um, and updated you know, uh, email addresses and all that sort of thing so that people almost don't need to ask what we do. So defence seal then spares tells you the story already. I think that's the right name for it. I mean, yeah. you want it to be that simple, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've been fond of saying, you know, when people say, what do you do? It's like we say what it says on the tin. Defence oh. seals and spares. So it, it's simple. Well, when I, when I first met you and you told me, you know, I'm, I'm Tracy from Defence Seals and Spares, I thought, okay, well, got that. I know, Makes, right? Makes <laughs> <laughs> no, but so many, so many people get that wrong. You know, they come up with some fancy name that's unpronounceable mm. and uh, doesn't tell you anything. I've always been keen on make it simple, stupid. Yeah. Exactly right. It's good for, it's good for people. Like, so how does a business work? Oh, by the way, I think you brushed over that. You said we just sold some seals to the Australian Submarine Corporation. I would imagine that seals are pretty important in the submarine. It can't be that easy <laughs> to sell it. can't be that easy to win that contract. Uh, no. Um, 2015, that, that was a big learning curve for me with the tender. Um, the specifications needed, all of the OQE, which is the objective quality evidence needed for supply of seals, um, was I was familiar with it, but it was challenging. So we won that and have successfully supplied that. It just kept the contract just kept going for a number of years, and we've um, I've just submitted another tender response because they reissued the RFT. Um, and the difference between 2015 and 2022 in the actual tender request was exponential. Much um, harder now, obviously. Oh, enormous. In such a small space of time, um, there, there was a lot more to learn, a lot of compliance to justify, all for good reason, though. I mean, there's people's lives at stake. Turns out that you were a babe in the woods back in 2015 and, and thank goodness, otherwise it might have been mind-boggling. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, it's getting tougher uh, all the time. So how, what's the business model? How does it work? You you, you buy from overseas, you um, fit and adjust. Is it a bespoke sort of business? It is. We don't manufacture anything. We're effectively um, brokers, I think, would be the simplest term to use. So the submarines... Um, were designed in Sweden, a lot of ships were designed in um, Spain or Italy. So a lot of the products and a lot of the IP is still overseas. Now, whilst the original equipment manufacturer may have been bought and sold several times, we still need to track down the person or the company that can supply to the original bill of material. So it's a bit like a treasure hunt um, sometimes, but We'll find parts for the submarines or the frigates with as little as an NSN, which is um, a NATO stock number, for those who don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, Effectively an article for every item in the world of defence, the worldwide. 
Okay, so you're doing the you're doing the the worldwide search on behalf of the the prime the submarine manufacturer who's doing it on behalf of defence. That's pretty much how how the supply chain um, downstream works. Yeah. Um, so you've you've got to scale the world, or you've got good contacts, or do you just you just you've got a, you've got a clever way of doing this, obviously. Well, you, you sort of sharpen up your search processes and, of course, when it's repeat business, you know where to get them from mm, and trusted mm. suppliers around the world. We always try and buy from Australia for obvious reasons, but when the specifications for um, items are British or Swedish or Italian or Canadian, then you can't buy from somebody here in Australia, unfortunately, unless they've been specced in, tried, tested. That sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So we have a very yeah. large supply chain. Uh, I want to talk about how you deal how you deal with defence. Um, do you only deal with navy, or have you got some other um, what do you call irons in the fire? We've always got irons in the fire, James. So we were um, about two years ago. I was lucky enough to come across. Uh, I had a conversation with a local person. Um, who passed on some details, I got in contact with somebody in the army and we spent several months quoting on a large quantity of items. Um, the tender or the bid sheets as they're called in the army are, are very large. Um, anyway, we were successful and we now have an arm of the business that handles canine unit supplies for the army. So effectively we're a preferred supplier for several hundred items. Um, that the canine unit need, and we buy to sell in the same way we do to the Navy. So pretty much we don't stock anything unless we have a contract. I would suggest you don't call the business defence dogs and seals because that would give the wrong term, wrong, wrong idea about what a seal is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, no, we do have something up and coming, a bit of a launch soon. But um, at this stage, we've, you know, because that was quite new, we're just keeping it under the defence seals and spares banner. I can uh, I can see these sort of guard seals, these fat, rubbery, short-legged <laughs> things popping all over the all over the. Group. Oh please, my email box is going to be full already. <laughs> uh, oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. Um, over the last, I, I, I've got to ask you as a business, small business operator, how you how you managed the COVID era. Um, ships bringing stuff in was difficult. Uh, getting staff to work. Uh, did you work from? Did everyone work from home? How did you, as a small business, manage that two difficult years, or have you blocked it from your mind and you're not thinking of it? <laughs> it? Sometimes it feels like it hasn't actually stopped, but um, because of the industry we're in, where we are in, we were allowed to keep running the warehouse. So we had no. two staff running the warehouse, but um, everybody else in sales and admin worked from home. Um, and because we can do literally everything remotely, um, it worked very well. We'd have team meetings via, you know, Zoom or, or whatever the platform was every day and just keep connected. Um, with regard to supply, there was not a lot of disruption, I must say, surprisingly. Um, it might have been a day or two here and there, but the only problem we've experienced has actually been in the last couple of months, where we had a 600 kilo seal coming in from the UK, the UK Border Force randomly selected for inspection, insisted on an export license, even though they didn't need it. Um, but other than that, we haven't really had any serious issues with supply. 
600 kilos seal. Yes. So it's a seal that goes around um, the landing helicopter dock, the um, helicopter floor that goes up and down. So it's a fire seal that goes around them. Wow. Hmm. You do get involved in some some fascinating things. We Have do. you gone with uh, with staff during during the last few years? Everyone's struggling with trained staff or even just getting staff. Yes, that has been a challenge. We have only in the last uh, twelve months needed more staff than we already had, um, and I've been on the beaches for thirty years, so I have a rather large network to call upon. Um, in addition to that, there's non-traditional ways of finding staff that I learnt about in the last 18 months. Um, we have an amazing man working in our warehouse that I would not have found if I hadn't been told about this organisation. Now, Gareth has osteoarthritis in his feet. He's very, very good at warehouse and logistics, but he can't stand all day. Couldn't get a job because people consider him disabled. So he was registered with an agency that I'd never heard of. and He's a star, never a problem. So there's different ways of finding staff that I learnt about, which is uh, something I should, back, I want to share. Uh, back to that in, uh, innovative way, looking at things differently. Yeah. Um, what's, what's the name of the agency? You might as well, you know, plug it here if you can. Yeah, sure. It's called Ability Options, um, and there's they have an enormous quantity of uh, clients. I think they're called that you know, might just have a, a minor ailment that does not prevent them from doing a full-time job, but they just might need to sit down for an hour a day, something along those lines. But they're you know, highly intelligent and very capable people that I'd never mm. heard that this was an avenue for employment before 18-odd yeah. months ago. I, look, I think one of the lessons that you're bringing up is the idea that uh, in small business in particular, you have to be innovative and you mm. have to think, think – uh, to quote a cliche, think outside the square, just find new answers. Sure do. Good on you. Good on you. What about cyber? Cyber is always a big issue with with defence, and and recently there's been the 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 Optus hack and other oh, yeah. other major disruptions. Do, is this a big issue for you, or, or not really at the front forefront of your thoughts? Um, it's always a big issue in our industry. Always protecting. Um, you know, your customers, your suppliers, everybody's IP, your team. And in February this year, we achieved DISP um, membership. So our cyber security has multi-factor authentication. Defence industry security, security program. So, yep. So for us, it was about um, mostly about cyber security, about protecting inbound hackers, about protecting um, threats from within the business, physical threats, cyber attacks, all that sort of thing. And uh, achieving this was challenging to say the least, especially for a small business that doesn't have a couple of hundred staff to draw on for extra hours. But the way that the defence uh, primes are going, you need to have DISP in order to trade for them. It used to be that you needed ISO 9001, a quality management system, and they need both. And for good reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, um, the lesson there is is that even though you're small, if you want to do business in this structured industry, you need to have all the things in place that prove that you can do what you say you can do, not just that you can do it, but that you can prove it. And that's what DISP and ISO do. They prove it, don't they? Absolutely. And, and 
they're good for you. I mean, it, it's healthy to have a quality management system or a business management system in your business. It keeps you sharp. It keeps you on top of things. It makes you effect changes that need to happen immediately and to ensure that they don't happen again if it's a mistake or an improvement. Hmm. We've talked uh, about how you run the business and how you got into it, and it's been a it's a good chat. I really like it. After the break, let's talk about what it's like to deal with your customers, which is defence. Sure, sounds good. If you have supply chain or business improvement challenges, contact AI Group's Business Improvement and Growth Hub. The Big Hub is a library of practical and relevant resources designed to assist member businesses to grow and improve. The Big Hub also includes an extensive network of experienced, pre-qualified business improvement consultants. For more details, contact big at aigroup.com.au. That's big at aigroup.com.au. So you deal with defence. This is a a tough industry to deal with. Um, For those who don't know, the defence industry is what's called a structured supply chain. It means that you don't go to them and say, here's my terms and conditions. Uh, rather, they come to you and say, here's what we require. Can you can you meet it? But also, uh, if uh, things go wrong in defence, well, then people's lives lost. Mm. And so you have to be a good good supplier. You have to be, as we said before the break, able to prove that you are good uh, and you have to be able to do it over and over again. When they want something, they want something to standards and to be able to do what they expect. How do, is it hard dealing with defence? Do, do you find it difficult or is it just the way you do business these days? It's uh, not defence, by the way. You don't deal with defence. You deal with the prime, so you the prime contractors. Both. We supply directly to the Department of Defence as well as the primes. Okay. So, so are they are they difficult? Are they demanding, or do, are they very clear in their expectations? So that makes it easy. Uh, I'm just trying to get a feel. Right. Of- um, yes, they are demanding, but as we've agreed for good reason. Is it difficult in the beginning? Yes, because there's so much to learn. Um, but if you follow the procedures, you follow and know exactly what they want and actually provide what they want, then it's just the same process over and over. Um, you need to have your objective quality evidence, your certificates of conformance. You need to have that sorted. That is one of the biggest bugbears um, of any purchasing officer in defence or primes, that the paperwork supplied with the product is not up to scratch. So that's a really important one. Um, and if you make an error, God forbid, then you need to address it and get on top of it immediately. I think one of the most important things is to be honest. If you don't know the answer to a question, just ask it. People respect that and appreciate you wanting to avert or you know a problem that may come up because you haven't asked a question. So. That's very important. I uh, I was involved in an um, express freight business for a long time. You know, it wasn't the company, but a similar company had a had a slogan when it absolutely positively has to be there overnight. It was oh, that yeah. sort of that sort of that sort of business. And sometimes parcels just got lost. Hmm. And when we brought in a barcode system, um, I, I remember I rang one client once and said, "I can absolutely positively tell you I lost the parcel in Adelaide." 
uh, but you want it in Melbourne. I don't know where it is. Um, and 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 he laughed and, yeah. and, and he said, um, I can't fault the honesty. You know, like if, you, <laughs> exactly. if you're being honest with me, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a good lesson to learn. I mean, you're dealing with people. It's not it's not yeah. just machines. People, okay. and if you tell them what's going on, they can they can work with you on it. Yep. Absolutely right. I mean, you can't control the world, but you can control the flow of information. And all customers want, all I want from my suppliers is information. Oh, that's right. You want it from, it's not just to your buyers. If your suppliers tell you what's going on, then you can pass it on to, exactly. to your buyers. How do you build a good relationship with the suppliers? How do you make sure that they're giving you that kind of respect? Um, making them accountable. So start with, giving them every single piece of information that you need. And if they reply with six of the eight questions, then you go back and ask them again and again and again <laughs> and hold them to that. Build good relationships, again, by being honest, pay them on time, um, be flexible. If something goes wrong, they're not doing it just to make your life difficult. Understand that they're people too. So it's really just be a half-decent person and show it. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a really good lesson, Tracy, because sometimes people think about uh, the buyers or the suppliers as just being these kind of uh, uh, people in big organisations, but they're people that just come to work and try and do their job. And if you deal with them and make their life as easy as possible exactly. by saying, here's what I expect yep. uh, and, I, and, and here's what my problem is, uh, it's a much better way of doing it. Uh, you mentioned before about paperwork, about the importance of, of paperwork, and I, I like to say to people that there's two part of the sale. One of is solving a problem. One of them is saying, here's what we can do to solve your, your need or your issue, your problem. The other part is to make sure that the procurement part is sorted out. Procurement's about contracts, it's about paperwork, it's about understanding stock in, stock out. Yep. And that's all the way up and down the supply chain. So it's important for every supplier to be good at their paperwork, not just at solving problems. Sounds like you've got that bit nailed. Do you understand that's the part of procurement that's critical in getting future sales. Absolutely right. You need to have everything nailed down at your quote stage um, so that when the order comes through, it's just ticking the boxes and following through. You've already nailed down what you need from your supplier. So, and this is part of having a useful and effective business management system. There's a process that you follow no matter what the product is, no matter what the problem is that you're solving. And if you follow that process and all of the literally all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed, then you can't go wrong. The only thing that is a problem is if delivery is slightly late and you let your customer know that. It's just about being thorough every single time. Yeah, attention to detail. Absolutely. Um, let's go back to talking about defense uh one of the difficult things about defense is that it's such a a multiple procurement areas they buy everything absolutely everything you can conceive defense buyers um but they often do that within a dizzying array of programs and package names they've got lawn land 400 c5 thousand yeah. i think hundreds more uh i think i saw a post on your linkedin page recently where you said that they've created a new um a new sustainment area of Navy to, to away from the, the capability uh, group. How do you keep on top of all of that? How do you how do you understand what's going on in what is an, an industry full of acronyms and <laughs> confusing <laughs> packages and projects? Um, I guess repetition, especially with the acronyms um, and experience, create cheat sheets if you have to. But 
staying on top of what's happening in the industry really does allow you to see any opportunities that might be available. People move within the industries, uh, within the industry itself rather. So, you know, from one prime to another or so you like to keep on top of that so that you can contact them at the new organization. So you need to subscribe to um, industry uh, bulletins and, and updates like yourself or Defence Technology Review and be active on LinkedIn. Defence industry as a whole worldwide is very active um, on in the LinkedIn space so that's a good platform to start. Be part of industry bodies like Aiden or DTC, Henderson Alliance and read your emails. Save them up for a morning a week because everybody gets an inbox full of um, Notifications news and news yeah. and all of that, and you know you don't have time every morning to spend an hour, but read it on the weekend, read it at night. Just be aware of what's going on. I think is the best way to keep updated. Keep um, uh, keep looking for different ways of doing things. By the sound of it, is that thing that's coming through all the time from you? I, I look after detail. Yep. Keep looking, thinking of new ways of doing it, uh, and 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 be a decent human being. Exactly. That sounds like me in a nutshell. Yeah, how hard, how, hard can, how hard can it be? Um, with your relationships, is it more people-based, do you think, uh, with defence? Is it, is it a lot about knowing who the right person is or is that not the critical part? No, relationships are most definitely key. Um, one of the things that my boss in the change management organisation taught me is that people only do business with people that they like and trust. So it doesn't matter if you have your letters after your name or you've got 40 years experience doing your job. If you're bad at it and you're not unresponsive, for example, you're not going to get you're not going to get the job. So be a good person, be honest, be responsive, be trustworthy. Be this is a saying of mine: be the can-do person, not the can only. You've also got to do the do. Yeah, so you can't, nice. you know what I mean? You can't just hey. yeah, yeah, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. But you've got to actually do it. Otherwise, you just lose all credibility. That's a nice saying, and and that describes you, uh, no doubt. Yes, no doubt. <laughs> very much so. I think it, you know it's really truism in life that if someone comes to you uh, who you don't particularly like or respect, and they say something's gone wrong, in your mind you think, yeah, of course, or you idiot, or exactly. typical. Whereas if someone who you like and respect brings you the exact same issue with the exact same words, something's yep. going wrong, you go, okay, well, let's see what we can do to sort it out. It is so important that yep. you've, that there's this relationship of trust and understanding and, and mutual respect and you can't like everyone, but you can try and be a decent human being and put the odds in, in your favour, I guess. Exactly right, exactly right. It's not when hard you see, to do. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I think you're wrong. I think people could learn. Yeah. I hope they do from this podcast. Uh, what do you see the you or the business being in, in five years' time? Uh, maybe expanded by about 50%. Wow. Um, we're heading that way already, which is very satisfying, <laughs> I must say. Um, and just, you know, doing what we do. I, I've always said that I never wanted to, you know, grow to world domination. Having a small business is my focus, more on the S than the M of the SME. But sure. um, it's... It's exciting. It's an exciting industry to be in. It's exciting to run your own business, to be able to make decisions and, you know, go after sales and tweak 
um, the processes here so everybody's happier and everything's smoother. And we share with our team our success. Everybody's a part of it. I can't do it by myself. And um, everybody's happy to learn every day what's going on in the business, to share successes. Everybody knows I've been being interviewed for this podcast this morning. That was at the team meeting. So. Well, you can tell them that you've done very well. It's, uh, it's, been, a, it's been a great <laughs> chat. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, uh, I, I think everyone has learned a lot, uh, and I'm really um, pleased that you're able to spare the time and come on the show. Thank, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, James, very much. <laughs>